0: Thanksgiving might look a little bit different this year. I know we are having a uh, two-person, two-dog, and one-baby Thanksgiving. So we are definitely paring down a little bit this year, but we still want to have a great Thanksgiving. And we invited our friend, a celebrity chef, Kevin Gillespie. He has been on top two seasons of Top Chef. He's an Atlanta restaurateur, and he's an all-around great guy, super funny. We are tackling some Thanksgiving hard-hitting questions with him, like, how do you make a macaroni and cheese and not have it come out dry? Same with turkey. Apparently, we're all making super dry turkey. We are also talking about other people being in your kitchen. We're talking about your spouses being horrible cooks and how to navigate that. Um, We talk a lot about food, but also a little bit about life. We talk about bullying. We're talking about his cancer diagnosis. So here you go.
1: The Upside means living in gratitude, finding the positive in every experience, and helping other people do the same. You are now part of the movement. Welcome to a bonus episode of The Upside with Callie and
0: Jeff.
2: Before we even get started answering your questions that you submitted, uh, Kevin is doing this Sunday night, if you're listening to this before the Sunday before Thanksgiving, uh, it... Is doing a Zoom class where you can learn to make three key Thanksgiving dishes, including banana pudding. Right, banana pudding, mac and cheese, mac and cheese. And
1: what I thought was,
2: <laughs> what did you call it?
1: So, like, I would call it a Brussels sprout gratin. And you would, and you said a gratin. Yeah, because isn't that what you wrote on your Instagram post? No, it, d- uh, it does not say. <laughs> It just says Brussels sprout gratin. As far as I know, unless somebody else wrote it wrong. Sounds really good. Okay, fancy. now we have to is check. Now we're all going to, this is the makes for great podcasting when you're looking like, let me check my Instagram.
2: This will show up real well. <laughs> is it Um. Is it Brussels sprouts and cheese? No, it
1: says Brussels sprout gratin. Oh. I and, immediate- and no, there is no cheese in it. Uh-oh. What does
0: that mean? It it means
1: (laughs) it is. uh, I I was. uh, I
2: here's what it means to me. I read it and it said. I thought it said Brussels sprouts au gratin, and I'm like, oh, that might actually get me to eat Brussels sprouts. Well, it would. It.
1: I think it's closer to what you think it actually is. So uh, that technique gratiné is to put some is to make a crust on something and put it in the in a broiler, so it has a crunchy top and then a soft inside. Okay. So, so potatoes au gratin, as they are known all throughout the united states yeah um, all throughout you know, georgia yeah it's like you know potatoes in some sort of creamy sauce and then baked like right th- we're in the same ballpark it just doesn't have cheese it would not traditionally have cheese mm. in it so, so the awe the au is the addition of the cheese in the <laughs> no. american okay uh, nope the au just means in the style of jeff wow. just
0: failed kevin's class <laughs> right. and there was no failing until it, right now jeff
1: just failed french class like and and i'm not I have no authority on this, but I mean, I'm sure someone in here who's listening does in fact speak French, and they're going to be like, "You guys botched the whole thing, including you, too, Kevin." But I at least know what the words mean, even if I can't say them right. Let me clarify it. So on Sunday night, uh, you can
2: hop on Zoom, and uh, Kevin will teach you how to make Brussels sprouts gratin, gussied up mac au gratin, right? Because I could say mac au gratin. I mean, he, don't, says, don't lead
1: these people astray, Jeff. You're going to have them. Mac and
0: cheese. Yeah. He's making, people. man and cheese. If you say mac mac au gratin, cheese.
1: people are going to be like, you make macaroni with potatoes in it? Like, <laughs> <laughs> And
2: uh, warm banana pudding. Yes. Which is right there. That's the award-winning Kevin yeah. Gillespie
1: dessert. I mean, the that's banana the family pudding, recipe. Yeah, that uh, those are like the classics. You know, we I picked those three because that's, these are the three that my family always want me to make, not just at Thanksgiving, by the way, my parents frequently will go to like a church potluck, at least pre-COVID, and be like, we're bringing the the Brussels sprout dish. And then they call me and they say, will you make the Brussels sprout dish? Like, we, we already said we were bringing it. We so. committed,
0: so no yeah. pressure, but you have to, yeah, because exactly. it's church and I'm and like, Mom, don't want to be
1: i don't wanna be liars. You have the recipe, and she's like, yeah, I just prefer
0: when you make it. Yeah. Um, it's it's, it's well, just Jeff so much so much easier. Jeff is gonna take the class, um, okay. mainly because we have never been able to make the perfect mac and cheese. Yeah. Like it's always a little dry. Right, right. It it's just never as like good as and, <laughs> and <laughs> I've been able to find.
2: So can you just make the mac and cheese for us is what Kelly's is trying yes, to say. Yeah, okay. no. that's what
0: I'm asking. If you could just drive um, over you here guys,
1: Thanksgiving. I Thanksgiving. <laughs> you, you guys qualify for like free macaroni and cheese. So I can bring some to you guys, but that does not exist. That offer doesn't, that's not open for everybody. I love you guys, by the way, like listeners, but, but not everybody gets free mac and cheese.
2: <laughs> um, so it's the baby thing, right? So if your mom had another baby right now. Things. That would you messed up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, our first question is going to be about the mac and cheese. Okay. But to get signed up for your class, which has limited room, right, right, it's Redbeard merch.
1: And then the events yeah. tab, right? So if you guys follow me on social media, Chef Kevin Gillespie, uh, there's a link in my bio right now that'll take you straight to the ticket. Otherwise, Perfect. redbeardmerch.com, and you can buy a ticket to it. It's 39 bucks, like so it's, it's really cheap for the three recipes. And you'll get the actual recipe. We'll send it to you in advance so you can buy the stuff if you want to make it along with me. Most people won't. Most people would rather watch and take notes and then yes. actually make this on Thanksgiving, but what gonna do? hypothetically, mm-hmm. if you wanted to, you'll have the recipe in advance.
2: And what uh, the the right way to do this, by the way, is to take the class and not tell anyone
1: that you're taking the class. Oh,
0: for sure. Yes.
1: Yeah, that's why we're doing it on that Sunday, because it's enough days apart that you can now just pretend like these are your dishes <laughs> when you roll them out at Thanksgiving. I totally don't care. Take credit for all of it.
2: Yeah, so just dip out for a couple hours Sunday night, Right. Learn to make the stuff and then blow people away on thanksgiving yeah right
1: whatever people are in your house
0: support. the one uh, other the one other person, one other person.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah by the way i'm not like adjusting scaling these are still made for eight people so you're gonna you know it's uh so, leftovers. Make, so
0: thanksgiving leftovers yeah, yeah. are the best part yeah. of thanksgiving
1: well, you're gonna have plenty after you Good. did
2: this well this leads us into the first two questions that have been submitted like callie was saying so many people are asking about not dry mac and yeah, cheese. Yeah. So outside of the class on Sunday night, what's the one tip
1: that you can give to keep mac and cheese creamy and not crumbly? Well, so the mistake that people make is that everybody wants baked macaroni and cheese, which is awesome. Like, But baked macaroni and cheese, I think people have the perception that it's literally noodles and cheese and you bake them together. And if you do that, you'll just end up with a greasy, dry mess and it doesn't come out. So... The key to the perfect macaroni is that you have to have sort of three pieces. You have to have the noodles already cooked to a certain amount of done, like before you ever start. And you have to dry them off. You have to like put them on a paper towel and let the water come off of them. Otherwise, it'll make your stuff runny. Hmm. Two, you have to make a cheese sauce. And three, you have to add extra cheese to the cheese sauce. But everything goes together cold and then bakes. And what happens is that it doesn't overcook and it doesn't dry out because it all started like cold. So,
2: so. can you make the, obviously the noodles are yeah. easy, but the cheese sauce, is that a, do an advanced no, thing? No, you can totally, yeah, yeah absolutely. You can and make then, it days before if you wanted to. So. So, so on Thanksgiving, you just go into your fridge
1: you whip out the noodles, you whip out the cheese sauce, put and the, the two shredded together. Put yep. some cheese on top. Yeah. Now you actually mix the shredded cheese into it. Oh, nice. That's how you get that like kind of pulley mm-hmm. mac and cheese, but that isn't dry. So we'll go through it. It's super easy. It's not complicated. It uses all grocery store stuff, but it's just a very particular set of steps. Um, to have it not be dry. And the second question to come of that is so many people are having
2: smaller yeah. Thanksgivings because of COVID. So if they normally have a dozen people over, they're having four, right. you know? But they're still gonna, They all the recipes are to scale for a yeah. family. What freezes and what absolutely
1: cannot freeze? Like, can you put macaroni and cheese in the freezer if you have some left? I mean, you could make a macaroni, not bake it, And put it in the freezer and then pull it out and bake it and be in good shape. Like it would come out great, actually. So if you wanted to take the same recipe that we're going to give out on Sunday night and split it in half, put one of them in the freezer and then bake the other one. Absolutely. Yeah, no problem whatsoever. Can you freeze cooked turkey meat? I mean, you can. But well, t- I know you can. You can freeze anything. Right? Yeah. Exactly. This is that's a separate podcast. <laughs> yeah. Will it freeze <laughs> with Kevin Gillespie? Yes, it will. Um, uh, so, if you've got enough ice, yeah. The answer is yes. Yeah. Can you? Yes, but the I guess the the question would be why? Like because cooked fully cooked turkey meat will last for like I don't know two weeks in your fridge. Like it's going to last a long time. Okay. So. It's you know I would just get to buy work a on smaller eating. turkey, right? Is what well, you think? You know what though, I would totally tell you to buy a smaller turkey either way because they cook better. But then I just read an article yesterday that said that there aren't small turkeys anymore because normally everybody wants a giant turkey, and so you know they start raising turkeys 18 months before Thanksgiving. So these turkeys were already ready to go. Oh damn! And. There's a ton of twenty five pound turkeys and like no twelve pounders because everybody bought up the small ones already.
2: Maybe the way, maybe what COVID is going to do is it's going to bring neighborhoods together because maybe like a turkey th- swap th- yeah. three houses, <laughs> like three houses that are each doing their own COVID bubble Thanksgiving. Yeah. You house one makes the turkey and eats it too, and then you just wheel it on a cart to the neighbor's house for dinner at three thirty. And then six to the next house or you, you get the carcass. This is
1: your own version of a super spreader event? <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, no, you you know, you the turkey's
2: not going to spread it because it's all heated up and stuff.
0: So here's the this is a good segue into the second most popular question we got, which is how do I keep from having a dry turkey? Yeah, that's how everyone I, has dry turkeys. I know. It's,
1: well, so first of all, and this is the part that nobody likes to hear, is that... um you, for the most part commercial turkey like commodity turkey is is it, dry like it is what it is what it is so they're raised to be big and they're raised to get big fast um, and then they're injected with a ton of water and stuff and when they cook they dry out like and it's yeah. just the reality of it. Um, white meat turkey is hard to keep moist it's possible but it's hard um the the two short answers the first is that um, if you're cooking a big turkey, you're you're gonna have to separate the dark meat from the white meat. The, the whole idea of like roasting a whole turkey, a giant twenty five pound turkey, is a total fallacy. Like, you're gonna have to take the legs and thighs off and then cook the breast and and the leg thighs separately if you don't want the white meat to dry out because it will take so long for the legs to be done that the white meat will be Is that dry. a common technique? I don't think I've ever heard that I before. I haven't either. Yeah, it's, I mean, I think it's more of a professional technique in that we realize that it's hard to cook the two simultaneously. If you're cooking a 12-pound or a 10-pound turkey, it's no big deal. You can, so you can cook them at one time. If you're doing a Thanksgiving dinner at one of your restaurants
2: that you're selling yeah. to customers – you do the surgery on the turkey pre Yeah, we'll cook them separately.
1: Yeah. Um, the other thing is is that we will... <clears throat> excuse me. We will definitely brine our turkeys if we're smoking them, which is what we're usually doing. Smoking them usually produces a much more moist turkey because the heat is a lot lower. Um, but this, there's no... You don't get the skin. The skin sucks. Um, and brining a turkey... Will yes, it will help it stay moist, but it will make the skin soggy. Like it that's that's sort of the trade off: juicy meat, soggy skin. The other version, if, when you want crispy skin, is that you're just sort of salting the bird, but then you have no defense against that dryness. And so there's there's a bunch of different things you can do. Um, one of the easiest that I found is you know they sell this thing called a <laughs> I think it's a stupid name, but it's an oilless turkey fryer. Oh, I used to have one of right. those and they work really well. It works awesome yeah. <laughs> for, for cooking a turkey. It's not a fryer, by the way. It's just a kind of a sort of like a mini convection oven, but it works because the breast is facing down in it and the legs are up top when you put it in there. And so what happens is all the most of the juice in the turkey is in the legs. And so it just feeds down into the breast as it cooks. And so it's like basting it while it while it cooks. And so it comes out a lot better. Somebody asked if you can put a turkey breast down in the oven. Absolutely. Yes, and, and by the way, like I think that's a good technique. I know there's some people that are anti-doing that, um, but yes, roasting it upside down, what people would call upside down with the back facing up in the air and the breast facing down will make a juicier turkey. For the same reason. Yeah, exactly. Because everything rins down into it. Out. Yeah, exactly. And then the key is like, you take it out of the oven and you actually let it rest and sit for a while. Like, And by a while, I mean like I let it sit for an hour before I carve it, um, and all the juice will settle gravity in the bottom, in the breast, and then it will stay super juicy. But again, the skin will be crappy at that point. So it's like, do you, I don't care if I get crispy turkey skin. That doesn't mean anything to me. I care a lot more about the meat being really juicy. I am hearing a lot of arguments, a lot of um, arguments
2: that I can use in the future to my anti turkey Thanksgiving. Yeah. Because I, turkey's great, but it's not something, unless I'm getting a sub, you know, like I have a sandwich. <laughs> I never think of like oh I could go for a turkey yeah like sometimes I'm like oh I want to um I want a roasted chicken or okay. I I want a steak or I want a piece of fish but I never crave turkey so I think it's just hyped up for Thanksgiving yeah totally and so this year um we're just gonna do a beef tender like a small beef tenderloin okay. and a small turkey breast yeah which by the way the turkey breasts are. Also hard to come by because so many people are doing smaller right, right. ones. So get yours today. Ours is already in the freezer, Callie. Yeah. How about that for being
1: prepared? There
0: you go. What if you were gonna pick a main dish yeah. that's not turkey and not ham, like a non-Thanksgiving yeah. dish? What would you
1: So do you want a meat? But like Yeah, a meat. Yeah. So for my family, it's venison. Mm-hmm. Um but because frankly, that is the most traditional Thanksgiving meat. So like historically speaking, Thanksgiving would have been venison, um, because it's huh. in season. Like right now is deer season, as it were, in Georgia. So we always have wild game at Thanksgiving. And that's always my family's favorite. They don't care about the ham or the turkey. It's it's like the the wild game that, we, that everybody loves.
2: Just like Hallmark with the Valentine's Day cards, like Butterball, yeah. capitalized in turkeys for Thanksgiving. Yeah. And they just declared it.
1: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it makes sense. Turkeys are technically, you know, wild turkeys are theoretically moving right now. And so if you think back historically, it makes sense that they would have had a turkey, but not the turkey that we eat. (laughs) I may have
2: taken the most perfect photo in my entire Instagram career. I took it the other night when we were giving baby Ellie her very first bath. It's a picture of Ellie in the sink, and you can see Callie's hands washing her hair. And there's a rubber ducky in the foreground, and there is our dog, Lily, looking at Ellie. They're making eye contact and there's so much love between them. It's the sweetest photo, 100% chance that it's going to get framed and go up in our house. I'm going to do that with FrameBridge. It's so easy. You go to framebridge.com, upload the picture, the one that you think is as perfect as mine, and they will send it to you in a frame that you have picked out online. You can preview your picture in dozens of frame styles, even gallery wall layouts. You can choose your favorite or get recommendations from their designers. A handcrafted personalized gift from FrameBridge starts at just $39 if you want to give a framed print as a gift to somebody else. All shipping is free. Upside listeners are going to get 15% off their first order when they use code UPSIDE. So get started today. Frame your photos and get them sent to you or send them to somebody as a perfect gift at framebridge.com. F-R-A-M-E-B-R-I-D-G-E.com. Use the promo code UPSIDE to save 15% off your first order. Framebridge.com. Promo code UPSIDE. Framebridge.com. Promo code is upside.
0: We are a lover of Bombas socks in our family. And I have replaced virtually all of my socks with Bombas and they have every style that you could think of. They have um, athletic socks, which I wear when I do like spin um, and workouts in my house. They have dress socks. They have socks made from merino wool, which sounds itchy, but they're not. I wear them almost every day with my cute sneakers and they are so, so comfortable. Here's the other thing we love about Bomba Socks is their give back program. For every pair of socks that Bomba sells, they donate to someone in need. And you're saying, okay, who is in need of socks? Well, socks are the number one most requested item that homeless shelters get. So imagine this holiday season, someone that is homeless, not having socks to warm their feet. I hate that visual. And I would love to get as many pair of socks into these homeless shelters as we can. That's what you're doing when you buy a pair of Bombas socks. From comfort to kindness and everything in between, Bombas aren't just giveable. They were made to give. Go to bombas.com slash upside today and get 20% off any purchase during, during their big holiday sale. That runs from November 18th through December 2nd. Go to Bombas, B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash upside for 20% off Bombas dot com slash upside.
2: All right. Right back into the questions that you submitted via Instagram over the past couple days for Chef Kevin Gillespie. More than one question has come in about kitchen etiquette. Oh, yeah. For example, this is my favorite quote. My husband insists on cooking the bird, but he's just not good at it. <laughs> His whole family tells him how good he is, but it's always way too dry and usually too salty. All caps. It's not good.
1: <laughs> how do I get him to leave the turkey to me this year? Yeah, I love this comment because I, I for two reasons. One, I like the fact that she's disassociated herself with being her husband's family.
2: Yeah. because <laughs> she's like. <laughs>
1: She's, She's like, like those, his pe- family, yeah, those those people. people, those idiots over there. Not me, though. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So first of all, I think anytime you try to like talk your your male counterpart out of what he believes to be like his sort of like this is me, I do the turkey, I do the grilling. Like it's going to be a hard conversation. I think you got to spin it around and and go. I would love to try to make the turkey this year. You're such a pro at it, you know. But I don't really know how to, there and so I, I feel like I would. Can I, would you mind if I try it this year just to see because I'd like to learn how to do it? That's how you like softly get him to be like, well, I guess I can just hang back and put up <laughs> the vibe. Oh, you're so wrong because any guy who thinks he's
2: great at it will be like, sure, honey, I'll show you how. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Right, <sighs> and then and then when, she, and she's obviously going to be listening to this, right, so right. she's like, oh, I can keep it less dry by flipping it over when she tries to do that. He'll be like, no, that you are crazy. Well, yeah, no, so you go st- with
1: like, tell me your best, cooking like tell me your tips but then i want you to relax this thanksgiving there you go there you
0: go or you just come up with a better main dish and then there's two and then right. you phase the turkey out
1: just slowly over the just, next decade to maybe just two. buy and make sure you're the
0: one going to the grocery store so the bird gets a little bit smaller yeah, every, year. every <laughs> year yeah yeah
1: 19 18 17 16 <laughs> and, and then, then
0: you, in 20 years right
1: then you switch to like a cornish game hen. yeah all of a sudden yeah. it's like like you know like a pheasant or something yeah. like, what is that um, you know, it, I feel bad for her too, because it's like, usually most people's turkeys are not too salty. Like they don't salt them enough. So that's kind of rare. But, um, I just, this is the problem. People think they have this misconception about a lot of things, but especially with turkey, somebody somewhere has read that you have to cook a turkey to like 180 degrees before you take it out of the oven, which is just nonsense, complete and total nonsense. So for everyone listening, please take a, your turkey out at 155 degrees. Does a turkey cook up yes, the same Yes, by way? a ton. Oh, it does. Because it's oh. enormous. And so it will keep cooking. So 150 to 155, take it out of the oven, please. For the love of God, take it out. <laughs> and you'll go, well, it's not done yet, Kevin. It has to be... I know it's not done. Set it on the countertop. Put some foil over the top of it. Not tight, just kind of draped over it and leave it. And it will cook another 10 degrees on your countertop because... Turkeys are enormous. They take a while. And if you do that, you'll have 165 degree turkey, which is perfectly safe and actually will still be juicy. And when do do you know when the little pop up thing At like about 250 degrees. Oh, so don't rely on that. The little popper comes up um, after water comes to a boil, like once protein degrades sometime, (laughs) like just before, like the turkey collapses into a star format. Like the the turkey on a national lamp. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how that little. thermometer well i mean i know how it works it works when the protein gets so tight so the muscle fibers get so tight that they literally push the turkey needle up and if that's happened like you're already in in trouble like because they can't do that till all the juice is gone it's like get all this liquid out of here so we can make this thermometer (laughs) pop up (laughs) so don't do that
0: here's another etiquette question how do you keep people politely Keep people out of your kitchen. Oh, I got an
1: answer for this one. Or are you
0: not polite and you're just like, stay the F out of my kitchen?
1: No, I'm actually too nice about it. So first of all, when my wife and I built our home, we thought we would construct around this problem. Let's build the kitchen in a way so that people can be in the kitchen, but they're really on the outside of the kitchen. That didn't work. Like (laughs) we thought it would. It was very clever, but people are like... Hold on, let me let me just scoot in here. It's like, even if your kitchen's the size of like a playpen, people will still right. try to stand in it. So here is what you do. It's called assigning tasks. The reason that people are in the kitchen oh. is that they want to feel like they're part of what's happening and because they don't really understand like what to do. They're at somebody else's house, you know, they're not comfortable just going and sitting on the couch. They feel bad about it. So before anybody ever arrives, you have assigned tasks for them. Hey, when you get here would you do me a favor please we haven't set the table yet can I have the Smart. napkins and stuff you do that you got to go to the store we don't brilliant. have any we don't have any ice like can you run to the store there's one conveniently 36 miles from here <laughs> yeah. um like you you give everyone a task that keeps them out of your kitchen. Smart. That's so brilliant. Yeah, that's the
2: system, and it. I works. know. I know we're all having Thanksgiving in Charlotte, but the best ice is actually in <laughs> yeah. Raleigh.
1: Yeah, it's so cold. You have to go. Um, take this Yeti and yeah. drive up there. Yeah, exactly. But I know I didn't. I know you just came from Raleigh, but when, I didn't think about it till you got here. So go back and get it and come Do back. Do you have? And this is just
2: because this is a quirk that that that, that I for me. Do you want to clean your own kitchen mess, or do you want to finish cooking? Oh, you want to walk away and let's yeah. I am
1: totally on board with, and thankfully some of my some of my family members are are totally good with this. Like I I clean up as I'm working, but you know when you set the whole spread out, it's a mess, and then there's all these dishes. I am fine with being like, hey, you guys got it, cool. I'm gonna go sit in here. I, in
2: theory, I try to clean as I work and I feel, and I've gotten, it's one thing I've gotten better at over the COVID quarantine thing. However, I will always reach about, about 20 minutes before plating this panic moment. (laughs) And. All cleaning while I go rules go out the window. And that's yeah. when ketchup ends up on the ceiling. Yep, yep. That's when, uh, you know, the dog runs out of the room with a
1: half cooked chicken tender or something. It's just all <laughs> it's a disaster. You're not alone in that. I think that happens to a lot of folks. It's like that end of the moment sort of panic. Like, right. And then I feel guilty. It's like guilty. before the
0: time's up on Top Chef.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's like Top Chef in his own head. Well, right, yeah. I mean, and if you ever, like, for everyone who watches Top Chef, like, they don't, they try not to show this part because it's not very nice, but every now and again, you'll get a zoom out, and you'll see the enormous mess we make. Like, (laughs) when we're doing the quick fire, where you're like, I don't care, half a box of baking soda, throw it against the wall, like, not my problem, I gotta go. Like, so, yeah, don't live your life that way. It's not, this is not a timed cooking competition, though I guess- Sort of metaphorically, this whole thing is. But whatever, you know. <laughs> Thanksgiving is a quick fire challenge that you know
2: about for 365 yeah, days. That's so existential. You're <laughs> yeah. <laughs> are they are the quick fire challenges as high pressure? Yes, they're as, terrible as they seem when yeah. you watch the
1: show. Yes, and in real life, by the way, we don't know. Like we, so have it's no not idea. like
0: look stressed. No, and freak like, out.
1: You show up and you're like, "What are we doing?" And then they're like, "You're going to make so and so." Are you guys ready? And you're like no, and they're like, all right, cool. Three, two, one, <laughs> and then it, like that's actually the most real part of Top Chef is the quick fire.
2: Do you have like, like where does the knowledge come from when they present something that you, you've never heard of? Like, do you make it up? Do you oh, try yeah. to cheat? Do you yeah, look you just, at other people? I mean, you
1: kind of know. I don't, you can't really look at other people because if you're if you take the time to sort of figure out what somebody else is doing. You've, You've lost your. You're burning don't, your don't, own yeah. clock. Yeah, you just have to go, man. It's like it is straight winging it, and so sometimes you go with associative. You think that sort of looks like blah blah blah. I'll try to make it that way, and sometimes it works, and other times you're like, yeah, that was terrible. Um, <laughs> you know, the the thing is, nobody gets sent home traditionally, though it has happened before in Top Chef. Like, nobody gets sent home on a quick fire, so it's like if you botch it, whatever. You know. Yeah. Um. But you just go, dude. Yeah. It's just like it's a. It's totally a. Like, let's just see what happens. So, that's so, why some people are better at it than others. You'll notice like some competitors are really good at quick fires because that's maybe that plays to their style of cooking. Very sort of spur of the moment kind of interpretive. Other people are very structured as chefs and they don't do super well as a, at quick fires. Are you done
2: with reality TV or would you do another one? I would do uplifting reality TV
1: I'm done with like disparaging reality like TV.
2: competition
1: being yeah, each other yeah I just other. can't do it man I just that's not how I want to live my life like I've I've changed as a person over the years and um I only really care about helping people and telling their story and getting them amped up and making them a better you know helping them have a better life I don't really want to like sit in condemnation or judgment of anyone anymore
2: in yours and uh, not to be too boring if somebody did not watch Top Chef and is listening to this yeah they're like what but- is this
1: Top Chef that you speak of <laughs>
2: But in the season that was on, which feels like a lifetime ago, because yeah. it was pre-COVID, there was a, a an elimination where you basically said, hey, I called the shots. These guys who are all on the chopping block are on the chopping block because they were following my lead. So cut me. Right. Let, yeah. let Let me go. Do you think that was almost disappointing to the producers? Oh, it was absolutely disappointing. That you producer. didn't, like, try to yeah, duke yeah, it out with yeah, anybody? Yeah, it frustrates
1: them. They love it when you, when people throw each other under the bus. Like, it makes for, quote, good TV. I think it makes for disgusting TV, personally. And I think that it's, um, you, you know, my opinion, as an actual leader in real life of, of a lot of folks, like, that's not how it works, you know? Like, if you're the captain of the team and the team loses, like, you have a bigger share of the loss than everybody else does. It doesn't, in that moment, it didn't matter that other people did <coughs> things that contributed to our loss it just doesn't work that way. And yes, it bummed them out because it ruins the like um it ruins their whole let's talk about it. Let's act like you know it's it just it steals away their thunder because, you know, TV producers love being in control. So they hate it when somebody else steps in and, and doesn't allow them to have that control. Is that do you think that's a
2: perspective that's changed for you since you got sick with your for sure. with your kidney stuff? Yeah,
1: absolutely. I mean, I think that anytime you go through like genuine tribulation in life, not like some make believe stress. Um, it changes the your perspective of things and you i think personally it may sound cliche but i think you spend a lot of your life um considering if if in your last moments how will you be viewed like you know you you want to be very careful with your choices moving forward because you wanna you say to yourself like if that's if this is the last one like is it gonna I don't want to go out like, you know, I don't know, You it, it feels a bit like you have a second lease on life in some respects. And so you just live it by a different set of values and virtues, if you want to call it that. So
0: Somebody wrote us in and said that they, um, or wrote into us and said that they're a cancer survivor, but having a hard time being positive. Yeah, yeah. And how do you keep yourself in a positive mindset?
1: So it's hard, first of all. So, so for whoever wrote that, I saw that question. And um, the reality is that. The first is that you need to understand that you won't and can't be positive about it all the time. Like, and so you need to let that go. Um, too many people um, feel like they must remain positive throughout the entire experience. And that's just completely unrealistic. Like you're going to have bad days. You're going to have days that you're really mad about it or that um, you just don't understand why you're having to deal with this or why you have to worry about your future. Like, and And I would always say, like, let it. Let that just sweep over you. Uh, my opinion is that you can't really control the emotions as they come, but you can control how you choose to handle them and like whether you fixate on them. So when that when those moments of frustration or negativity or depression come over you like, just let them come and then let them go. Like, don't be the dog chasing the car, as it were. Like, don't mm-hmm. don't go after that. Um, but that expectation that you're always going to remain positive is just not there. However, if you can learn to move past the negative emotions, if you can learn to let the anger and the stuff go, what you'll find is that you tend to land back on the positive a lot more. You tend to circle back to um, a more uplifting way of looking at it. And I think that the positivity comes from the fact that you just... Um, you know, if you're a survivor, no, you surviving hasn't, doesn't take away from the struggle that you went through. Um, but it does leave you with sort of a, a, somewhat of an obligation to the people who are still fighting that those of us who aren't anymore have a responsibility to be available and to, um, to be there as that support network for the people who are still fighting this fight or for the people who might be losing this fight. And so, um... Sometimes you have to set yourself, your personal emotions aside and remember that um, that those of us who have come out on the other side, we have, we have sort of a, a job to do now for, for other folks.
0: Picking out vitamins and supplements can be so daunting because there are so many options out there and we are heading into a season where it is more important than ever to take care of your immune system, right? So jump on board with care of and let's get that started in the easiest way most non-complicated way possible, okay? Here's what you want to do. You want to go to takecareof.com slash upside50. They're going to ask you questions about what you're hoping to accomplish, your lifestyle, all that good stuff. And they will put together a vitamin pack for you, a daily vitamin pack for you, um, that is personalized just for you based on what you need. So they will help guide you through the process of vitamins. For me, it is so overwhelming. So I was really glad to, um, partner with Care-of because they've made it so much easier. They've helped take the guesswork out of vitamins. You can get 50% off your first Care-of order by going to com slash upside50. Now you also have to enter the code upside50 at checkout. So make sure you do both of those things to grab that amazing discount. Again, this 50% off your first Care-of order, go to com slash upside50 and enter the code upside50 stress, at family checkout. Issues, anger
2: all of the above, some of the above, you know that the holidays ramps those emotions way up. Why don't you do what millions of other people have done? Take charge of your mental health with BetterHelp. You can go to betterhelp.com. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash upside, take a brief quiz and you will be matched with a therapist or counselor who will be available to you. You can meet with them virtually over the phone, video chat, even text messaging, and you could get started with therapy as soon as tomorrow. Because you're an upside listener, you're going to get 10% off your first month. If you don't love your counselor, if you don't love your therapist, it's fine. They'll switch you to somebody else. And know this, Everything you share with your therapist is confidential. This is just like in-person therapy, but you're doing it over the phone or via video chat. Betterhelp.com slash upside. Do what you need to do to start living a happier life today. 10% off at betterhelp.com slash upside.
0: What's a perfect pie crust? How oh do you, God. like, to me, I mean, I'm just going to be honest here. I buy the frozen ones right, because, right. like, and I put tinfoil around yeah. the edges. And then I put, because it just seems to me like a waste of time when Pillsbury is perfectly yeah. fine. So but.
1: I'm going to I'm gonna answer this in a super disappointing way for folks, probably. Uh, I suck at making pies and at making pie crust. <laughs> like, it's hard. Honestly, it is truly an art form. It's kind of in the same vein as, like, um... Like really great pizza. Like understanding yeah. the, the way to make a great dough and the right ratio. Um, you know, these are things. And that, once you get it, or like a bagel. Right,
2: yeah. Like you have to use a certain type of yeah, water yeah, and yeah. a certain type Bagels of salt. Bagels a perfect example. And a certain type of yeah. this and that. And
1: once you get it, right. you never deviate from it. Right, right, exactly. And so pie crust and making pies is, is just like that. So my answer, and this is a total shameless plug, but it's the truth, is that I don't make pie anymore. I buy pie from a particular woman in Atlanta whose name is Julie Shaw. uh, And she has, on social media, it's ATL Pies by Julie. Um, And she makes them every week. And you can order them and pick them up from her. You can also pick up pie dough from her or pie crusts from her if you want to make your own filling um, but you just need help with the crust. I totally buy them from her because they're the best I've ever had. But she's also been working on her pie recipe, specifically her dough recipe, for like a decade now. And so... I mean, unless you just have a decade worth of time to carve out <laughs> to, to kind of get the nuance of this thing down. I, it, buy it. It's, uh, yeah, buy it. Like, well, go, but just go buy a good one. You like know, from a local, yeah. Yeah, especially if you have somebody locally that's doing them. Um, you know, I could make a pecan pie this year, but it would be crap compared to what I could buy from her.
2: Somebody once said with, uh, about cook like restaurants and nice restaurants, there is a reason— that restaurants technically have two different chefs. Yes, one solely focuses on the desserts and the confections. Right, right. Because it's such an art form that it's if you can figure if you can figure out how to make a great, you know, soup and sauce and and meal, right. You probably don't have the time to be a perfect dessert well, chef, like, and vice
1: versa. Yeah, the way I like to explain it to people to give an, a different analogy is like music. And so, the people who do the savory stuff can play. More like uh, jazz musicians do, where they can just kind of riff and they can get in the flow of things. And and as long as everybody is playing in harmony with each other, awesome. And you can afford to make mistakes. You can kind of, oh, that was the wrong note, but let's see where it takes us. That's savory. The sweet side is like classical music. There is absolutely no room for even one instrument to be off. Like it's composition. It's technical. You follow the rules. Do not vamp. This is the wrong time to be like, (laughs) what if we like, nope, nope, wrong time and wrong place. (laughs) And so it tends to be that pastry chefs and savory chefs have very different personalities. Pastry chefs are usually very methodical, super organized. The other guys are, that's where the pirate crew comes in is like the the savory (laughs) side of it. And so it's rare that people can do both at a high level.
0: What's a good non pie well, I know what you would probably say, but a good non pie (laughs) Thanksgiving dessert that's not banana pudding. That's not banana
1: pudding, yeah. Yeah. Um I I have a couple. So first of all, like my family's all are cake people. Like we're not pie people. So we always have cake at like what kind of cake? Oh my god, my mom texted me yesterday to tell me that she has a lemon cake, a pumpkin spice cake, a white chocolate raspberry cake, a carrot cake, and a Coca-Cola cake.
0: Oh my! What's Aren't a cake?
1: Isn't that like one cake for every guest? Technically more, because she also <laughs> <laughs> because she also has like six other desserts. And I'm like, Mom, there's there's literally eight of us. And she's like, Yeah, I just wanted a variety. I'm like. <laughs> Are these full-size cakes? Like, I don't know. We will. I guess well, she didn't answer that question. So we'll wait and see. Um,
0: the church potluck is going to get a lot yeah, of yeah, cake.
1: Yeah, my mom is amped. You don't know what Coca-Cola cake is? We're going to come back to that. So uh, cake I is think, the... Uh, yeah, I've heard it. I've had it. Cake is the first, is my first sort of thing. Because I just, I don't know, I like cake better. Um, and like a nice spice cake to me is so autumnal. Like mm-hmm. it makes sense at Thanksgiving. That just, that I don't know, that makes sense to me. Um, but then I think people should get like a little bit more adventurous. Um, a couple years ago, we did a budino. Does any, I'd no, say, no, idea. budino is like, um, it's not flan, but it's also not pudding. It's kind of like a, like a, a creamy sort of, um, crème, kind of that kind of, you know, where you make like basically a, a, a really thick, almost like, like ice cream base that you then let chill and it sets up so uh we made like a a caramel and apple budino Ooh, that was yum. really really good and so it was like eating just like like the richest in like the cake guts like not the cake itself just the icing part yeah it, like, yeah, it, yeah, it almost awesome. sound,
2: it almost sounds like
1: a custard yeah kind of yeah it is sort of like a custard yeah it's like it's pudding-esque but much 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 richer yeah and that was awesome that was a really fun thanksgiving dessert coca-cola cake for the atlanta i know i'm
0: like ashamed right now this is
1: like so it's like a 19 i don't know it's probably an early 20s sort of thing so um and it was totally a recipe given out with coca-cola like if you bought a six-pack here comes a recipe and it's basically sheet cake so it's like chocolate sheet cake that um that you use coca-cola in the batter of the cake um which adds some like sweetness and some spice notes because Coke has vanilla and lemon and cinnamon and all these sort of spices in it. And then you make a fudge icing with cocoa powder and Coca Cola um and you cook it over the stove top, like a boiled icing, and then you pour it over the top of this cake when it comes out of the Is oven. It's good. It's delicious. Um and the cake has like little mini marshmallows and pecans, so it's kind of like a rocky road Ooh, cake. Oh
0: yes, yeah, I'm so into that. Oh, it's
1: awesome. It's delicious. Now it, the problem is that a lot of people get carried away, and it, if you do, it can be like the sweetest thing you've ever eaten in your life. You're like, how is this sweeter than sugar? But it can be. <laughs> um but when done well, it is um I gotta come up with a different word because everybody hates the word moist. Um yeah. but it is that. It is like it the, the cake yes. is so tender. Um, because you pour this hot icing over the hot cake and then you let the whole thing set, mm. um, And it's delicious. And then you, you know, it's not like a, Oh, look at this beautiful slice oh, of cake. Oh, it's a mess. No, it's like a mess cake. It's like, I got this pan, we're gonna scoop this out with a spoon. Like Perfect. that's that's Coca-Cola cake. There's
0: there used to be, um, because my grandmother had a recipe for Hershey bar cake, which I think was yeah. the same concept yeah. where you make you have to have like ninety-eight Hershey bars, but it's the same <laughs> yeah. thing. You pour the hot thing on top. It's a giant mess, but it yeah. is
2: so good. When her family made it from her grandmother's recipe a yeah. few years ago, Callie's mom had to do the research to find out in like the year 1910 or whatever, right. how big a nickel candy bar was. Cause, Cause say, it would say
0: eight, you know, nickel right. yes, yes, Hershey yes. bars. And my mom is like, right. I they've totally changed the sizes. Everything is bigger now. Yeah.
1: Yeah, like oh, a, a nickel now is a Hershey Kiss at the you know. Yeah, we've had. My wife has a recipe, and I'm uh, from her grandmother, and I can't remember which one it is, but same sort of deal where it makes reference to peanuts, and like get the get the package that they that goes along with the so and so, and you're like, well, that doesn't, that doesn't that anymore. exist anymore,
0: right? They're not saying eight ounces. And then, of peanuts. Well, then
1: you realize that it's a twenty eight ounce container, and you're like. 28 ounces like what size container is that that doesn't make any sense at all and so you go to the store and you're like i got a 16 i got a 32 did they used to make one in between like and why
2: um or so i'm gonna buy the 32 and then i'm gonna have four random ounces of this stuff forever
1: yeah and that's what you end up doing is that you're like so what do we just eat the four now like or or then you end up being like let's just put all 32 in and then you're like this isn't this didn't work it right. Should have
2: used should have gone with twenty-eight. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I want to find a recipe that my grandmother, and I'm saying this because somebody listening might have this recipe, but my grandmother on my dad's side Used to bake a cake that used the the frozen orange juice concentrate. Remember yep. that old okay. school? Yep, yep, yep. And it was it had a cream cheese icing and it was like an orange cake. And she would use the, the yeah. frozen. It's called creamsicle cake.
1: Is that what it is? Uh-huh. Oh, and my And it's gosh, one was... of my absolute favorites. It's so good. It's like a total 1950s. There's all yes. these there's all these like dishes that came out in the 50s for like the first generation of like leaving the home working women, you know? Mm-hmm. And so they had all these recipes that that were created by these big companies to make life easier, quote unquote. And they all used like can of this, can of that, put together, stir, dinner's ready. And um I actually I kind of am obsessed with this this uh Facebook page called Emmy Made, E-M-M-Y made. And it's this Japanese woman who just recreates Random stuff. Some of it is Japanese, but she's also se- like semi obsessed with these 1950s cookbooks, like Betty Crocker cookbooks. I love it. And so she'll make things that you're like, "Oh my god, we used to make How that? that." Like this, like she yeah. makes a lot of the salads. And by salad, I'm using quotes, like the sa- like when salad meant Jello and yes. and like mayonnaise. Right. Um, yeah, those kind of <laughs> salads. But she made this dessert the other day that I was like, "That is the most 1960s thing I've ever seen," and I totally need to roll it out. And it's a uh, it's called a jewel cra- a crown jewel cake and it is basically I'm gonna walk people through this so it's a it's a graham cracker crust on the bottom and then you make as many different colors of jello as you can find and you make them like super firm jello like like what we used to call jello jigglers you know where where you it yeah you on could a cut plate. it into a cube and <clears> so you get you know you got a blue one and a red one and an orange one and a green one and a yellow one and yada 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 as many as you can as you can come up with and then um you take Lemon Jello and Dream Whip, which I didn't even know what that was, but it's basically boxed whipped cream. Don't ask me how that works. Um, and You can buy that. Is it that. still sold? It's I, she, she had to order it from Amazon. But yes, it's still okay. sold. There's probably like some, they probably are, you just open old MREs, you know, or K-rations from World War II and take the Dream Whip out and, and mail it to people. Right. Um, but, I feel like that's something that you would buy
2: at one of those small town
1: grocery yes. stores oh, yes. where
2: where it's dusty. Yeah. Oh, like you oh, gotta wipe the guaranteed. dust off it. Yeah.
1: Right. And you're like this is expired. And then you're like, oh, it doesn't expire. It's cool. It's no big deal. (laughs) Um, And so you take these Jell-O Jiggler things and you fold them into this like fluffy white mixture and then you pour it over this graham cracker crust and let it set over the fridge. And then when you cut it open, you have this like Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat cake cake, quote unquote. I don't even know what, what, but please, for anyone listening, please Google Crown Jewel Cake and just have like five minutes of laughs because it is... Ridiculous. But that's the, kind of, that's the kind of stuff that in the 50s people were like, oh, my mom's a really good cake. She does this thing where she stirs these three mm-hmm. packs together. And that like qualified as good cook. And that's why so many people nowadays um, aren't very good cooks is because this country became a better place when women had equality and entered the workforce. But what ended up happening is that a lot of those old recipes and and being able to teach the next generation how to cook what well, got lost because people were working, you know. Yeah. And so you end up with. The only knowledge you have is I know how to make something, but it takes two cans of this and one bag of frozen so-and-so. And and then you just, and then you put them together. And it's like nowadays when people want to cook fresh food, like there's nobody left to tell them. They're like, what? A cake cake with sugar and flour? What about jello? Yeah, Yeah. Like when you're like, Dream Whip. Yeah. When you're like, we're going to make cranberry sauce. And they're like, yeah, you take the thing and you with the can and you open it and then a uh, yeah grab did and it's like, and and it and then you slurp it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And it makes that perfect sound Come like on. a boot stuck in mud but wetter.
0: I did find a picture I Googled Crown Jewel Cake. It it's, looks disgusting. That, it's amazing. <laughs> it's, what do you mean, disgusting? Oh it looks incredible. They also have a loaf form. So Ooh. you could do like a like a loaf. Like a loaf. Yeah. It no, looks like nothing, a meatloaf.
1: Nothing is ever like, nothing's ever sexed something up more than in loaf form. <laughs> I
2: feel like, like they're, the so 60s gross. and 70s were big on loaves. <laughs>
1: they, they, they loved loaf. They loved loaf. That was the Jell-O heyday. salad. If loaf. you were like an exec at Jell-O in the 60s, you were balling out of control. You
0: absolutely were. You're like, like, boom,
1: give them another flavor.
2: I think <laughs> you should. I think you should do a pop-up restaurant and it should be 70s theme and it should be called I Love Loaf.
1: Yeah. Then, oh. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Uh if you think I'm not making a jello dessert at some point during the holiday season, you have lost your mind. Well, it sounds like you're covered for Thanksgiving, so let your mom have that with her eight cakes. You know, maybe I should maybe I'll roll it out. Maybe just like <laughs> you what we do. talked about with the turkey and ham thing, you just come in, you know, guns blazing with your own thing and you're like boom. Warby Parker is committed to
2: providing exceptional vision care online and in-stores, offering eyeglasses, sunglasses, eye exams, and contact lenses. Glasses start at just 95 bucks, including your prescription lenses. Sunglasses, progressives, and blue light lenses also available, and here's how easy it is. You can have an at-home try-on kit set to your door. They're going to give you five pairs of glasses based on a, a, a little quiz you take online with styles that you like and uh, the size of your head which you know for most people not a big deal for me it's important I have a large gourd you take a look at the glasses you ask your friends you post it on the instagrams people vote then you send those glasses back that costs absolutely nothing and you buy the one or more pairs that you want it's so easy you can get your free at home try on program right now five pairs of glasses to your house for free for five days no obligation to buy and the shipping back to warby parker Absolutely free, of course. Go to warbyparker.com slash upside. That's W-A-R-B-Y-P-A-R-K-E-R dot com slash upside. And as an end of the year treat, you can save 15% when you purchase two or more pairs of Warby Parker prescription eyewear, including eyeglasses and sunglasses. That's a limited time offer that ends at the end of 2020. So take advantage of that today. Warbyparker.com slash upside.
0: There is a lot I love about 3rd Love bras. The fit is great, but they're actually comfortable, which is so rare. One of my girlfriends introduced me to 3rd Love about a year ago, and she said it was the most comfortable bra she she owns. It was the classic t-shirt style bra. I tried it, I bought it myself. I loved it so much that I replaced every bra in my underwear drawer with Third Love. It is Cali approved, you will love it. Every Third Love bra is made with signature memory foam cups, no slip straps, and a scratch free band. They have cups from A to I, including half cups, which was new to me, and bands sizes 30 to 48. Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone. So right now they're offering Upside listeners 10% off your first purchase. Go to thirdlove.com slash upside now to find your perfect fitting bra. That is 10% off when you use that link. Thirdlove.com slash upside.
2: All right. Two more questions. Uh, The last one is from Callie's mom. Okay. The one before that, uh, though, is going to be a a little serious again because it's kind of sad. There's a woman who lives in North Carolina and she has a 14-year-old son. And he loves cooking. He's in the kitchen. He watches cooking shows. He's more into cooking shows than sports. And she does indicate that, yes, Top Chef is one of those shows. Uh, But he gets bullied because his friends are all into sports and stuff like that. and, And he wants to do that. Can you share some encouragement with him? His name is Austin.
1: Yeah. So first of all, Austin.
2: Kids are jerks,
1: so like, let's just That's throw true. that out there, like, very true, and especially teenage boys. Teenage boys are jerks; they're all jerks. Like, it, it's part of it. Like, every single person in this world, in some capacity or another, has been bullied, including the bullies, by the way. So, you know, later in life, uh, you might think back on this and you'll probably feel a little bit differently about it. But um, first of all, being a great cook and liking cooking um, is is a is not something to be ashamed of by any means. You know. Um, Not everybody is great at playing sports and not everybody cares about it. By the way, sports are a game. They truly are a game. We in our country pretend like they're super important, but they're a game. The things that kids do, they're games. Cooking is one of the most important pieces of humanity. Like learning to cook and share food with people is something that is important whether you're a child or whether you're an adult. It crosses every single boundary you're gonna find that if you're that you love food and that sharing that with people is gonna help you meet more people in your life that are important than any sports event ever led to and so what I would tell you is that you know continue doing what you love uh, try your best to ignore those folks even though I know it's gonna be hard and um, I can promise you this this is speaking from from the heart here uh, maybe not in middle school and high school but as soon as you're done with that, You're going to get a lot more girls because you are good at cooking (laughs) than you ever would be at being a mediocre person, mediocre sports star.
0: And the sports people are going to be calling you to get reservations at your restaurant when you are selling out your reservations when you're packed and they want a favor.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Is that at the end of the day, everybody loves food. They they might be, uh, you know, giving you a little bit of grief right now, but... Uh, I can promise you that the tables are going to turn very soon for you, uh, and I would just ride this out as long as you can and and not worry about it that much.
2: And and that sports guy who's making fun of you, eventually his knees are going to go bad. Yeah. But you're going to have <laughs> the crown jewel cake recipe Boom. forever.
1: Yeah, exactly. Or whatever whatever your thing is. Yeah. I made chocolate souffles in high school. Um, I learned how to make them, and like the chocolate souffle was, and this is for like a chubby kid, like the chocolate souffle was my pickup line. Like that was how like I got every girlfriend or even a conversation started. It was like, Hey, you like chocolate? You ever had a cake? That's also creamy in the inside. (laughs) Like, boom, you're in there. You know, (laughs) only a handful of people are actually genuinely good at sports, but you Austin can learn to be an awesome cook. And I'm sure you probably already are. And, uh, life's going to be pretty okay for you. I promise. Cool.
0: My mom botches gravy every (laughs) year. Here's a hard turn. Um, botches gravy every year and she's like i want to know how to do it my mom's a great cook okay she cooks like my whole life always at home cooked meals her mom was an amazing cook she's got and it she, yeah.
2: and she loves to entertain right and, loves to entertain. And gravy is her kryptonite it's well, her nemesis and
0: she was wondering if it's because she catches like i guess like the turkey droppings or whatever yeah. in tinfoil and mm-hmm. does the gravy in tinfoil and yeah, she's like i wonder if that's that. like making it
1: So catching the turkey juices in the foil, like in the bottom of your pan, is not a huge deal. But the first thing you need to do is pour it into um, a measuring cup or something like that. Some sort of glass cup, um, preferably more narrow. It could even be a drinking cup. Because the first thing that you're going to have to do is let that liquid completely cool so the fat separates off from the actual juice itself. And you need to get rid of all the fat. You don't have to throw it away, but but set it aside. They don't they don't get mixed together just yet. So Is that easier to do in just a like a narrow drinking glass yeah, or just, one of those separators? The separators work awesome if you have one. I just you know, I'm not a big like one purpose, you know, like this thing only does one thing kind yeah. of stuff in my kitchen. <laughs> but um but those do work really well. But anyhow, separate the juice and the fat. Set the juice aside for a second. Take the fat, put it in like a saucepan, like in a like you would, you know, make let's just say theoretically sauce in Um, and then you're gonna make a roux with your turkey fat so rather than adding other fat the turkey fat's gonna be way more flavorful and so you're gonna put a little flour in there mix the fat and flour together till it has the consistency of this is a weird analogy but you know when you go to the beach and the ocean washes up and the sand kind of is liquefied and it just sort of sweeps back into the ocean that's the consistency it looks like wet sand mix it together put it over like put it on the heat cook it over medium heat basically until it starts to be aromatic three four five minutes give or take then pour that juice back in there and let the whole thing come up to a boil whisking it mixing it the whole time and all of a sudden it's going to thicken up and so then you're going to have your gravy base like that is that is in its rudimentary form is gravy that's then that's where you start doctoring it so you know adjusting the seasoning whether that be salt pepper adding some herbs to it things like sage fresh sage and or dried sage are really nice And then the part that everybody finds really strange when I suggest this is that the very last thing you do to it is you squeeze a little bit of lemon juice into it. Fresh lemon. Mm. Cut a lemon in half, squeeze three or four or five drops into it. And that little bit of acidity will bring everything together. Boom. All of a sudden it's. And really that'll famous. make enough gravy for the Thanksgiving dinner. You know, it depends. Well, it's funny enough. If you use one of those commodity turkeys. Yeah. Cause you're going to have a gallon of liquid in the bottom of your pan. <laughs> it's all cooked out. Yeah. If you don't though, if you find that yours doesn't have enough liquid, um, you have a couple options. One is more complicated. One is easier. The first is using boxed, or, or jarred broths of some sort you know um, the jarred like bone broths at the store are very very flavorful so you could absolutely cheat by adding it like in, not Supplement. not completely getting rid, but supplementing with yeah. that the other is that you can make if you want to you can make your own like turkey stock in advance if you want to or chicken stock or whatever homemade stock and broth is always going to be better uh, and it doesn't have to be complicated, by the way. Like, go buy a cheap thing of chicken wings, just the wings themselves from the grocery store, or legs, whatever the cheapest piece is. Um, put them in a pot, again, in that saucepan. Um, meat, skin, everything, a whole, all of it. And then add enough water to just come up to the very, very top. So, it, you know, it'll be, there'll be a quarter of an inch of water over the top of the meat. Uh, put it on your stove, turn it up to high heat, get it up to a boil as quickly as possible, then put a lid on it and turn it down to as low as your stove will go, let it set for one hour, and then at one hour, strain all the the stuff off, like, and just keep the liquid. And you will have a homemade chicken or turkey broth that you can use for Thanksgiving. You can use it for whatever you want to use it for, but it'll be infinitely better than the stuff you can buy in the store. And it's not expensive. As I said, like, you can make, you can make a gallon of broth for, I don't know, four bucks. Like, it's just, It's cheap. And it freezes, back to your question, like that freeze is awesome. Like keep that in the freezer. Um, I've heard people that like literally freeze them in ice cube trays so that they can just pull out like a little bit at a time. pop it in if they need it. Yeah, I I pour them into the little one cup, um, you know, Gladware type containers and leave them in the freezer. And then again, you pull that out and add that to bulk up your juice for your gravy. Perfect. Good information. Thank you. I know I just made that like, oh, it's so easy. You just do these following 13 (laughs) steps. Boom, you got gravy. But you know. (laughs)
2: <laughs> Somebody's ferociously ferociously, you know, writing and then rewinding 15 seconds yeah, to yeah. Keep, exactly. keep writing and they're going to put two pages you know of notes do? and be like, this wasn't easy. Turn it on slow-mo. Yeah. Oh, and listen to our show slower. Really, really slow. slow <laughs> All right, Kevin. Well, it's always a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks, Good luck. Guys. Your Zoom class is Sunday night. Uh, go to Kevin's social media, Chef Kevin Gillespie, to get the links, and um, we'll see you there because I'm really looking forward to Brussels sprouts gratin. All gratin. All we, gratin. Yeah. Brussels that too. sprouts
1: all gratin. We're going to make that set. <laughs> Perfect. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to The Upside with Callie and Jeff. We hope you enjoyed this bonus episode. Most people learn about the upside from their friends. Please tell everyone you know about this podcast so the amazing Upside community can continue to grow. And one last thing. We would love to stay in touch with you by text. Text the word Upside to 800-434-5454 and then save it in your phone as Callie and Jeff.